Here it is. Let me hit this. Everyone, would you please welcome to the Putting You Over podcast, he is a stand-up comic and producer of Fist Combat TV, the big hair behemoth, Dirty Ron McDonald. Hey, what's like? What's up? That's uh, our our uh, our what do we call him? Our pitch man, our promo guy, uh, Ryan Romano. That's a hell of a promo, there, man. Yeah, he, I love it. He wants to he wants to be a, a ring announcer. He wants to do that shit. So I was like, hey, here's who we're having on every week. Cut one, and I'll just play it. Why not? That's uh, that's. It's solid, man. You know, like anybody that ever wants to get in the wrestling business, just hang around. You know, like asking you could help. Like we always need help. So you know, uh, being a guy that's run my own promotion for 14 years, uh, and you know, being a wrestler for on and off over two decades now, you know, to uh, show up, help out. Um. Yeah. Put people over. That's what we're about. We're hopefully we can put you over tonight. Um. Put you over, son. That's right. We're on a put you over podcast. Hanging and banging, clanging and slanging, right here with Dirty Ron McDonald. Dirty, is that your? Is that would you go by the standing streamer? The standing streamer, that is correct. I've I've never I sat on stream, ever. Oh, why not? I when I started this whole streaming thing, uh, the only room in the house I had at the time was my garage, and. I had I set everything up on the workbench and it was waist high and I was like, I'm gonna stand because sitting in a chair does not help. I played video games at that time. Sitting in the chair did not work for me. So I stood. My friend said, You're the standing streamer. There we go. Now I'm at a bar. Boom. Done done deal. You are the standing streamer. Well, uh, thanks for having me on, dude. You know, um got some things popping out down here in San Diego. So you know, I'm not sure what you want to talk about. So you know, I'll let I'll 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 uh, you know let you call it in the ring, brother. Call it in the ring. Look, I have two I have two pages of stuff I've written down. I probably oh will not follow them at all. I kind of go with the flow, and we'll see yeah. we'll see where we land. First things first, my producer Vanessa, up in Canada, was very concerned that you were going to show up in you know dirty dirty ron in in makeup. She was very. She was. She's got a thing. She's not it's very done. fond of clowns. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, you know, here's the thing. You know, I was. Uh, I started wrestling over 20 years ago. Yeah. in St. Louis, Missouri, um, and I became Dirty Ron over the last like four or five years. And you know, I really found out that I am Dirty Ron. You know, like I embody everything that that character embodies, which is just like myself turned up to 12 or 15 or whatever, you know, like just a, uh, a wild clown. And I mean, look at this fucking awesome hair, you know, it is, that is phenomenal hair. And you got the Kenny powers. Look, you give me that, that, uh, vibe as well. I mean, you know, like, see, you know, like sometimes when you see somebody, you like to, you know, uh, mimic them in some ways or take a little bit of their style. But like when I, when I watched Eastbound and down, I was like, I mean, this basically already is me, you know, right. like, uh, so, you know, uh, and it was one of those things where I, like, in my early mid twenties, I worked in the corporate world sales jobs that I fucking hated, and, you know, um, my cousin who introduced me to Eastbound and down, uh, we were in a band together, tour of Afro, man. That's a whole nother fucking, <laughs> that's a whole nother show. Oh yeah. Right. But, um, he was like, you know, he kind of gave me the, the idea of, what do you need all these materialistic possessions? What do you need all of this bullshit to make you fit in? Like, you know, this guy was basically living in my closet and, and pulling chicks every night, you know? And I was like, man, like you live in a closet getting laid and you don't wear, you go to the thrift store to get your clothes. Like what the, what the fuck am I doing? You know, like, can I say that? Uh, <laughs> yeah. You're yeah, good. I, I, I guess. Okay, yeah. Cool. I can use the b- do that, but I'm not gonna. Uh, you know, I, I was like, what the fuck am I doing, man? So, uh, you know, living a lifestyle of, of like less, you know, like like expect less from life, you know, um, put less pressure on yourself, um, you know, do what you love, follow what you love. Because if hey, I, I saw Eddie Murphy on a, a clip from the Arsenio Hall show and, you know, it, it just solidified 
kind of what I always had in my head. And he said, you know what you're supposed to do. You know, like people, they make a backup plan so they can have something to fall back on. And that's, that's like already failing before you even try. So like, if, if you know what you're meant, you all, you know what you were meant to do. So just, just do it. You know, like, you know, he's very lucky. He's very blessed. You yeah. know, and I'm not considering myself Eddie Murphy on any, any level, but you know, as far as it goes, you do know what you were meant to do. And my mom was a professional wrestler. Oh. I've watched every WrestleMania live. You know, I've been to five of them. Um, you know, wrestling is my life. So, um, and now I found a way for it to make, make me a living. Your mother, professional wrestler. Yeah, she was like one of them chicks that hung out with the wrestlers that, like back in the day, you know, and they were like, hey, you should be a wrestler, you know. Well, my mom would always tell me, my mom was like, I love my mom. Um, she's great. But she would always be like, you know, she'd be like, Michael, uh, that's my real name, right? Gotcha. Michael, I never I never had sex with any of the wrestlers. And I'm like, all right, you know, like, you know, and then she, she'd say it another time, Mom, I, I, Michael, I'd never have sex with any of the wrestlers. And after hearing this a few times, first of all, I'm like, Mom, why are you telling me this? I'm eight years old. Um, also, are you trying to say that you did other things with these guys? Like, what are you, are you trying to, you know, are you trying to, what, what kind of mental games are you trying to play with me, Mom? But my mom was a, a fan first, um, wrestled like under 100 matches in, on the independent scene in St. Louis. Um, but we got every WrestleMania, li- you know, live. We had a party at the house. Um, so, you know. Yeah. Back then, and, uh, order the pay-per-view, yeah. grab some pizza, sit around, watch WrestleMania. You um, know, yeah, and it was it was always something that I saw as larger than life. I mean, it was always something that I wanted to do. Like me, me being a five foot eight and one hundred and ninety pounds. I mean, you know, I, I'm, I'm pretty, I'm, I'm swole for the size that I am. But back, I mean, when I started wrestling, like I was almost always the smallest guy on the card. And I was wrestling 350, 400 pound dudes, just, you know, like being the bump guy, you know, the, the Mikey Whipwreck of sorts. So, um, and you know, I'm just kind of getting beat up. So like, I, I never, I was always like, Hey, you're going to have to crush me to get me to quit. Like you're going to, and they did too. Like I was a bratty little kid. I'm, I'm still kind of a brat. Like, <laughs> I was a little shithead as a kid. You know, like, like every redhead is like problem child, you yeah. know, like, like Danny Bonaducci, you know, I could go on forever. Um, but all these redheads were all shitheads and, and I was too. So they just beat my ass as much as they could to get me to try to quit. And I didn't even really know this. I was just like, yeah, fucking throw it in hard, you pussy, you know? And, and this is me like talking as a 16 year old little punk. Um, so yeah, man, like it's been, a, it's been a long, fun journey of learning life lessons and meeting lifelong friends along the way. What was it, about 20, 21 years wrestling, give or take? I, my first match, um, I started training professionally in July of 2000. Um, and I had my first match in 2001. Wow. Um, yeah, I, I wanted to skip my senior prom because New Jack was on a show for my home promotion. Um, but this girl I kind of liked was like, I mean, I'll go with you. So I was like, hell yeah. And then she opened up bonus some other dude at the end of the night. So How I totally regret not being on that show with New Jack. Although I've been on a few shows with New Jack, but like, man. Uh, where is that guy that she ended up uh, boning that night? Where is he now? Man, he's just like doing some fucking trade job in St. Louis. Fuck, probably has like four kids and hates his life. <laughs> you know, just like it's like everybody from St. Louis. I, not not that I'm hating on my hometown, right? Like, you know, once I started creeping up at thirty, I was like, man, I gotta get the fuck out of here. You know, like, dude, everybody's already have kids. They're like, why aren't you married? You know, like, oh man, just like, ugh. But and, came but, out to the West Coast, yeah. found my soulmate. Now we run a wrestling promotion and a. Uh, venue and a school and you know it's a music venue during the week and then wrestling on the weekends and that's every a, saturday every saturday ob wrestle wrestle with an r oh yeah wrestle house every saturday from bars to the venues the, the vibe i got out of out of uh the the saturday show it's like a it's like a variety show you, you got music wrestling uh comedy it, it's a fucking party well, it, it is, and you know, we don't like wrestling fans. 
We meaning me, myself. Yeah, I don't like um, him either. As a promotion. You know, like they just kind of like they kind of ruin shit for me for real. Um, and it's it's like the vocal minority, you know, and yeah. it's just people that are like, oh, look, I have an opinion, so it matters. Well, hey, man, just come and have fun, or just fucking go do something else. And if you don't like it, like you know, but that that's who we like. You know, I've been doing this for a long time, right? I started, I did promoted my first shows in two thousand seven, so like I listen to people, and what they say is, you know, I bring up. I'm a pro wrestler, you know, and, uh, you know, I do pro wrestling, whatever. And I, oh, that fakes up. And I'm like, man, eh, you know, it's choreographed, but, you know, like we're all, a lot of us are pretty tough. Uh, but, you know, everybody seems to have, for the most part, unless you're like really snotty, um, uh, most people are like, oh, shit, I used to like wrestling when Hulk Hogan. Mm-hmm. I used to like wrestling when Stone Cold. I used to like wrestling when the NWO. I used to like wrestling when John Cena first came. I used to like wrestling with ECW. So I just listen to these people and I'm like, well, I'll just make wrestling for those people. And that's who we draw people that used to like wrestling. Um, and you know, it's a small venue. Um, it's, you know, it's theater, theater style, all the audiences on one side. So, um, you know, we pack it in like 120, 130 people every Saturday. Um, you know, some events we do outdoors, but, uh, yeah, it's every Saturday, you know, it's like 20, 25 bucks. And then, like, it's bring your own beer and get have a fucking get wasted. Yeah, you know, it's it's a fun little beach town too. Ocean Beach has, you know, it's 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 like one of the coolest little beach towns you ever been to. It's like a town that never left left the 1960s, like the good part of the 1960s. Um, <laughs> you know, it's just like a little surf town, man. Um, and, you know, and it's a it's a real chill vibe, and the 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 neighborhood is really taken to us. You know, we're booked for other local events and stuff, and. You know they really they really love us down here. So you know we found a, we found a great home and we have a lease on this place for five years and you know we expect to extend that here going forward. And um, yeah, you know like pro, pro wrestling because I've been on movie sets, I've done some stunt work and shit. Um, pro wrestling is comedy, action, drama, improv, stunt show, all in one take with the audience all the way around you, and you're sweaty in your fancy underwear turning to a physical play for the most part. And, and that takes a, a lot more talent than a lot of these no talent actors I've seen on set, man. Some of these guys take like fucking 15 takes to say two sentences. I mean, they're like, you know, half a Eugene, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> First combat. Um, you talked about, uh, shows, uh, and, and, and uh, that's your school and OB and the Saturday night show. But you mentioned a drive-in show. Were you guys the first uh, during this live audience pandemic gimmick to do the drive-in shows? Yes, yes. without a doubt. Um, I mean, unless somebody did it and didn't get any publicity for it. Yeah, I don't think. Uh, you know, I'm. Uh, you know, um, I'm. What do they call them? Like, you know, I'm. I'm close to some of the top people in the industry as far as promoters go brett lauderdale game changer wrestling being one of them um brett and i talk you know regularly um he's he's somebody that we've got i you know I, i've gotten we bounced ideas off of each other we've helped each other um you know and that's been going back now like three four years so you know like they were the last people last independent promotion to do a show right before covid we were the first to do independent like any show with an au- live audience. And so, like, I, I do a little bit of stand-up comedy as a hobby. And uh, there were some of these comics that were doing parking lot shows where you, you, they had a transistor and you just tuned into the radio station. You could hear the comics. Yep. You'd be distant, you know, safely, yada, 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 whatever. So I was like, well, fuck, why aren't we, fuck, why aren't we doing wrestling shows? And the reason we weren't doing wrestling shows is because everybody started to get fat during COVID. Like they just didn't give a Sit fuck. Home and so fucking like, eat. Wrestlers were like two months not doing shit, just eating, you know, and like, damn, how much weight can a fucking re- indie wrestler pack on in two months? But shit, like, you know, a lot of us came back fat, out of shape, and they weren't like there weren't a whole lot of wrestlers that were honestly like jumping at the bit to fucking do it. I mean my friends were, um, you know, like the guys that I fuck with, you know, and even like um, uh, Kurt Stallion, Stallion Rogers now okay. in Independence. I, he, I had, you know, I've been friends with him for, you know, five, six years. I had him out 
you know, Nick Gage obviously came out uh, for one of our driving shows. And, you know, we were the first independent promotion to be doing anything like that. Um, and, you know, we live streamed for free for a couple times. We got some attention from the L.A. Times. You know, uh, we got attention uh, from some, you know, local news outlets and stuff, too. So, but, you know, I was just sick of sitting inside. I was ready to go, you know, and fuck, like, don't give me an opportunity. Like, my brain's always moving, you know what I'm saying? Um. I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna get to uh I'm gonna get to the GCW versus Fist Combat two or or Nick Gage versus Dirty Ron two. I'm gonna get to that. I'm also gonna get to the legend of Dirty Ron, which uh we oh, will yeah. see we will we will I guarantee we will see that somewhere oh, yeah. eventually. I do wanna touch a little bit on your comedy. Um how does your comedy and wrestling how are they like the same? And and different, I guess. So, when I toured doing doing music, you know, okay, and they were they were comedy songs. When at the end of a song, when you see a band, you clap, yep, because you're like, well, I can't do that necessarily. Good job, you know, like awesome. When when somebody sees me gorilla press somebody over my head and throw them to the ground, they're like, oh shit, that's that's awesome. I can't do that. But when people hear you tell a joke, they're like. Fuck that guy. I'm funnier than him. Like, <laughs> why why is it why do I want to make this guy laugh? And when you when anybody starts comedy, you have to be delusional. Um you have to be like borderline psychotic to, to, to do it because the uh, amount of gratification that you get out of it for years is just absolutely nothing. Everybody tells you you suck. You're on the same level as a bunch of open mic comics. And to really get good at it, you know, like for the first seven years I did it, I was on stage six to 12 times every week. Mm. And then like most of those sets were to almost nobody at a shitty bar while a bunch of other comics are waiting to go up into there do their five minutes. But, you know, like it's, uh, it's, it's tough because you have to make strangers care, first of all, in order to get good stage time. But then, like, the amount of good stage time that you get when you start, like, it just doesn't come very quickly unless you're, like, hanging out and being part of the whole scene and, you know, like, that's your life. But wrestling takes up my life. So, like, for me to grind to do comedy, it was like, like man, I'm, ooh, I'm burning the candle at both ends. Yeah. I'm, doing a, I'm doing a lot of – I'm out every night of the week now. You know, I'm trying to train trying to keep my body in the best shape that I can. I'm in my late thirties now, I'm 38 years old. So, you know, like, um, it's, it's really a grind, you know, like, but it, it helps like, because as an entertainer with your timing, it helps to learn how to write for strangers. Um, because in all, in all the forms of entertainment that I've ever done, like you're automatically appreciated if you do it decently. Whereas comedy, in order for you to get other comics to enjoy your com, like tr- real comics to like enjoy your comedy, it took me years and, and hours and fucking so many bought drinks and being paid and drink tickets to get funny to work comics that I respect who were like, oh, that was a good joke, you yeah. know. Um, it's not easy. Did you have a boxing? Be a performer. Go Being ahead. a performer and like writing jokes, that's tough too. You know, like writing a good joke is tough, but per- learning how to say it and shit, like execute dude, that takes yeah time. Yeah, yeah, you could write a funny joke. I well, I would assume, I would assume you could write a funny joke, but not execute it, and then it doesn't work at all. You know, and some some people are writers. You know, like my wife and I met um, at a comedy open mic seven and a half years ago. Huh. So like. She's a way better writer than I am. She writes a lot of my jokes for me, to tell you the truth. Um, a lot of them. Um, you know, she's way funnier than I am. But, you know, I've also taught her wrestling. So, you know, like, it was a very fair trade for a long time. Um, you know, now we're married. So, you know, it's all tips in her favor. Oh, we're going <laughs> to. She won in that, huh? Oh, you know, hey, I, we both won. Yeah. Um, there's not very many people that put up with the crazy lifestyle that, that I live in. Yeah, I live a block from the beach and have a, a venue two blocks from the beach in a town that, you know, it's 
it's a small little beach town, but it's hard for me to go out and pay for a drink. You know, yeah. like, like everybody around here knows Dirty Ron. They know that wrestling is part of Ocean Beach. So, like, there's nothing cooler than, you know, like, nobody knows who the fuck I am for the real, for on the real. But, like, you know, if anybody ever stops telling me, like, hey, man, something you did was fucking awesome. Like, that making memories, you know, like, how often do people make memories? How, how, how often do you live your life and unmemorable shit happens? So, for somebody to tell me that I made a memory that stuck with them for a minute, like that's cool shit ever. We, I, when I first started doing this, putting you over show, it was a, it actually didn't even have a title at that time. We had um, some people on from the West Coast. They were part of a, a group that went to independent wrestling shows. And they were called the Streamer Club. And when we finished the show, and I was talking to them after, and and like on Twitter and whatnot, they actually suggested that we have you on the show. They oh, said, shit. they said you would fit perfectly for this show and uh we you know and it didn't happen till years later but it works out uh perfectly uh i'm having a blast i want to talk about the comedians for a second uh did you have a boxing match with one of them yeah yeah i knocked that motherfucker out in 46 seconds what was his name I, I, who cares <laughs> fucking i <laughs> He I'm doesn't trying. even deserve for me to have his name put out there anymore. I tried um, to look it up. I no, couldn't find it. Dude, that guy was such a dipshit. Like, it was just a, it was a joke between my wife and I. Like, he's a punk. Look, and, like, here's the thing is, like, comedians think they're all smart and shit. So they'll, like, they'll, like talk some shit. But I come from a world where it's like, yo, you talk shit, you're going to get hit. Like, wrestlers all respect each other because we all know that the best of the best of us can actually whoop some fucking ass. So this comedian talks a bunch of shit, yada, 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 fucking thought he could outdo me in pull-ups. And I go, dude, I can double the pull-ups you could do. So fucking we're partying, fucking drinking. I, I go down, bust out 28 pull-ups, fucking boom in a row. This guy's like huffing and puffing at like 12. So he owes me $20. And I was like, oh, you owe me that 20 bucks. Anyway, long story short, it turned into, would you get no ring and box me? I'll pay you some money. And, you know, and I fucking sold like, over a hundred pay-per-views at 20 bucks a piece. And we sold out the venue in like less than 48 hours. So like, you know, I don't know. It was like a hundred people that saw the shit. And yeah, man, like fucking most of us was kind of legit. Yeah. We could fuck some people up. Was that comedian Ron Funches? Oh, hell no, man. I, I love Ron Funches. I'm going to see him tomorrow in LA. I was going to say, will Tony Deppin, will Tony Deppin destroy Ron Funches? Um, Ron's got to have some shit up his sleeve, you know, let's be real. Um, but Ron Funches to get, you know, like, I just know what Ron used to look like. And I've seen Ron recently and, you know, weight loss is, is a very powerful thing. Um, anybody that gets their body, you know, um, in, in a healthier position, I'm all for, um, but I don't think he's, I don't think he's stupid. Um, I know he's very intelligent actually. Um, and a lovable guy. So I don't know. Um, what's going to happen, but I, I would, I'd see some tomfoolery, tomfoolery happening. Sure. That's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking Funch has got something up his sleeves. Uh, we're going to get to that GSC show. Uh, GSC, G, GCW, GSC, G, out of there. I want to talk about something you mentioned earlier when you started wrestling and training, you talked about, they were, you were getting your ass beat. They were trying to make you quit. Um, did anybody pull a gun on you to try to get you to quit? No, I did. I did. I pulled a gun on somebody. That's though, true. Honestly. That's right. That you did do that in an I Quit match. I've never seen an I Quit match where the gun was pulled uh, on the um, opponent and uh, delirious. By well, the Ring of Honor, a great, great individual. If you watched me the first time, Nick Gage and I got in there, we started off by you know because here's the thing, Dirty Ron. Came to do three things. Number one, get fucked up. Number okay. two, fuck somebody up. And number three, when I'm done with that, I'm fucking all your girlfriends. Okay. Maybe my, my wife and I are. But I pull out a big old fat bag of cocaine, right? You know, and I throw it in Nick Gage's face. And then he tries throwing it in my face. And we had a cocaine off. And then, you know, that's just, you know, I'm, I'm telling you right now, if you keep watching Dirty Ron, you're going to see some shit you ain't never seen before. You know, like, if you watch Fist Combat, you're going to see some shit you ain't never seen before. And I guarantee our live broadcast this Saturday, September the 18th, on GCW's YouTube page, 
is going to be the most lit shit you've ever seen in your life. Why? Because it's a fight for territory. See, Brett Lauderdale on Game Changer Wrestling, they go into every, they're taking over every town like a virus. It's a good virus, right? But they're going into, they're going into every town that's taking it over. They're outdrawing every independent promotion in the town that they go to. And then you get the help of that independent promoter. Well, you know what? If Brett Lauderdale and Game Changer Wrestling think they're going to come to San Diego, there's a reason they haven't run San Diego. All right. San Diego is my fucking town. Mm. And let me tell you this on September 18th, they're going to bring their fucking best because I'm bringing the best that Southern California and Fist Combat have to offer to beat the shit out of the best. The Game Changer Wrestling and, and Brett Lauderdale's group, he, he's the Paul Heyman of our generation. Well, let's see if he can Paul Heyman and his guys into coming down to San Diego, America's finest city, America's toughest city, and beat the shit out of the guys, guys and gals from Fist Combat. I don't think it's possible. And if he can, the Game Changer Wrestling is more than welcome to run their shows in San Diego. But if they can't, which I believe they cannot, then they're going to have to stay out of San Diego because this is Dirty Ron's town. Dirty Ron, I couldn't have said it better myself. It is a battle of territories. They're coming in there. This is the, the second meeting now in the Gage and Dirty Ron. Uh, this is the second time we've done Game Changer Wrestling versus Fist Combat. We did the first one yeah. August the 8th of 2019. That full event is on our YouTube page for free. At Fist Combat TV, you can add Fist Combat TV everything. Yep, yeah, we got those. We got those links up as well. That's this Saturday, September eighteenth. So it's gonna be fucking badass. I tell you that much. Uh, will there is will the fans be bringing the weapons? Well, you know, here's here's one thing. This is a shoot. I don't think I've ever told this story. I think it's just fitting right now. Is, you know, wrestlers don't hate each other, right? It's not like love and hate. You know, we're all competitors who go out there to have the best match of the night, win, lose, or draw. But I was talking to Nick Gage before the first time we went out there, and I was like, Nick, you know, like, San Diego doesn't really watch any wrestling, you know, like, like I don't know, man. You know, maybe, maybe, you know, you should go out first, you know? And he was like, he was like, oh, all right. You know, and then later I heard him say something like, oh, this guy's like white hot baby face over here. And, I, you know, like giving me a little trouble. But then what happened when we came out to the ring? That even though it was Fist Combat versus Game Changer Wrestling the first time, who, like, this ain't a, an out pop contest, right. but this, this, San Diego is Dirty Ron's town. Let me just say it to you like that. Now, since then, Nick Gage has been all over the news, all over Dark Side of the Ring, all over everything. He's the hottest thing in independent wrestling today. So if there was one person that I wanted to go out there, because there wasn't a finish of our match the first time. Right. It ended It ended as us tag teaming against the current Fist Combat Tag Team Champions because I had a big feud going with those guys at the time, and I guess they felt that need to interrupt my match. Shame on them. But the first time, there was no conclusion. So this time, it's a battle for territory. So... You know, what better guy for me to go out there and go toe-to-toe with than Nick fucking Gage, the god of this shit. And that's happening this Saturday. September 18th on GSC's YouTube. We'll see pizza cutters, of course. Oh, yeah. So, here, let me answer your question. Oh, yeah, yeah. Will go the ahead. fans bring the weapons? Will the fans bring the weapons? Absolutely, they're going to bring the weapons Oof. because they always bring the weapons. But here's the thing is I don't think they're bringing the weapons for Nick Gates. So all the, all the GCW fans out there, listen up. Bring your weapons for your boy Nick Gates because I got a fucking army behind me down here in San Diego. And you know what? When I come out to that ring on Saturday night, not only will all the wrestlers in the back know what the fuck is up, everybody watching for free on GCW's YouTube page is going to know what the fuck is up. And even though not everybody in the world knows who I am, they will. A lot more people in the world are going to know who I am, who Fist Combat is after this Saturday when we take down the hottest indie promotion in the fucking world. Time fired up. Will anybody bring a dildo to this match? Dildos were brought to matches all the time. <laughs> I've not had a fans bring the weapons match with any less than two dildos. So my over-under on the dildo bet is 2.5 just because we've been averaging about two. But I think this is a high-quality match, and I think that three dildos will be brought, possibly. So that's why I'm putting the line at 2.5. All right, I'm, over I'm, under. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put my money on, on the over 
on 2.5 dildos. I'm definitely going with the over on 2.5 on that. I think that's a plus. That's a plus 150 there, <laughs> you know, because I would think that with the size of the audience, you know, uh, we're, we sold out of all the seats. You know, we got standing general admission right now left, but, you know, um, we're going to pack the place out. Um, we're doing this outdoors right outside of the OB Wrestle House in our parking lot there. And uh, we'll be streaming for free on live on the GCW YouTube page. September 18th. Now, you have wrestled your wife uh, several times, I think, I believe. Uh, twice. Here's, twice. Here's the thing. Okay. We, we did, so we do wrestling every week. Yes. It's a different theme every week. And we did Pride Night on uh, June 12th. Yep. So my wife thought it'd be a good idea that uh, she's like, oh, I can do that death match shit because, you know, she's had like 50 matches or so, you know, not still green. Um, but she's like, I think I could do this, you know? And I, she, I, I don't know which one of us was hitting the blunt harder, but like the idea was like, why don't we dress up and drag? You do me, I'll do you. Basically, so yeah. we did, and we beat the shit out of each other. We bled all over. We did both hit thumbtacks on the concrete fucking, you know, got nasty. I think I stabbed her with a fork. Um, but she beat me, but Dirty Ron pinned Lovely Lucia because I was Lovely Lucia. She was Dirty Ron. Ah, so, I mean, come on. <laughs> Technically, I won that match. So, I've been doing I won. I won the Triple X Championship the week later when I jumped 20 feet off the roof and threw an elbow through Vainum. Um, and, uh, and, and I was doing these open challenges. She, and she said, well, you're doing all these open challenges. I think I deserve a shot at the championship. I beat you the week before you won it back. So I was like, all right, fine. You want to do, why don't we do it on a carnival of death? Uh, do, let's do it light tube death match. So we wrapped the ropes with barbed wire. We had a bunch of, uh, fucking light tubes. Um, you know, we, uh, got some chairs in there, a bunch of thumbtacks, got nasty. And uh, we did a husband and wife light tube death match. What's the dynamic in the household uh, the night before those matches? Nervous. You know, um, because, I mean, let's be real. We're putting on a show, yeah. you know, but you also, you know, that's the that's my soulmate that I'm looking across the ring at. So it's not like, you know, it's, it's honestly, it's, it's nerves. And I, I mean, I remember before that match, we went out. And it was one of our more recent popular posts on social media. But it was like, this is the night before it all changes, you know. And I, I know for a fact that we're still pulling glass out of our bodies Oof. from that night. Um, so, you know, like, the dynamic is completely different because it's somebody that you love, but also you want to put on the best show possible. And I'm not swinging and missing. She's not swinging and missing. You know, like we're going out there to put on the best fucking show that we can because ultimately that's how we pay our rent. You know, if you, when you look at it like that. So, um, um yeah, I think yeah. You, you said it in another podcast too. You said, uh, when you, when you're wrestling your wife, um, if, if something happens and, and there's a, a screw up or, or a mistake, stuff like that happens, you're hurting someone you love. Like you just said, and uh, I, that to me, that seems like it would be even even more uh, nerve wracking. But hey, you gotta pay your rent, right? Hey, she's tough. You know, she's tough. I would, you know, like I don't, uh, I don't trust anybody to get in there. You know, um, we recently um, uh, we have a training school. Um, you know, is that you know, there's a, a bunch of us kind of chip in and help out with the training. Uh, and, you know, and, and sharing knowledge and knowing when a wrestler is ready to go, you know, teaching the fundamentals of wrestling when I was taught wrestling, you know, how to how to build a character, how to tell a story within a match. You know, it's not a 50-50 cartoon, you know, superhero Marvel movie every time. Um, right. And and that's it. And that, I think that that's more palatable to the to the common person. You know, like here's here's one thing that I know for a fact. Most wrestling companies out there are not trying to make new fans. They're just trying to take fans that already exist and switch them over to watching their brand. Yep. See, I think that any business person should be focused on not only new wrestlers, but new students and new new customers, new audience members. You know, and that's one thing that 
you know, we have 15, 20,000 people walking down by the Ocean Beach Pier every Saturday. And, you know, we put out a couple of hundred flyers so people know, hey, there's when you come to Ocean Beach, pro wrestling's going on. You know, yeah. we've been doing it since January out here and, you know, selling out every Saturday. So, you know, people know what's going on and wrestling is alive and well. You know, the, the I hate to say it, like the more traditional sense of storytelling characters, yay boo, you know, like things that I hear some of the best in the business say are dead. You know, Cody Rhodes says faces and heels are kind of dead, you know, and like I hear Ian Rotten who books fucking IWM itself saying that shit. And, you know, it's just like, yeah, like, why don't you put on wrestling for people? Why don't you try to make new fans instead of taking the same old fucking internet dorks and just switching them to like your brand? Sorry. That's all right. Wrestling. The essence of wrestling to me is a good story. I have to be invested in like any good stories. There's good and there's evil. And I want to know those that good and evil. And I want to either hope the good wins or I, I and want to fucking boo and hope the evil dies. A slow, painful death. Well, I mean, look, look at it like this. Like straight up, most people, most wrestlers these days are too big of pussies to be fucking heels for real. Yeah. You know, hard to be. They don't, they don't have the balls to go out there and say something controversial or get heat. Like, Everybody's got to suck ass on the internet and, and, you know, I don't know, man, I hate to be, I hate to be somebody that's going to be put in a box for some of the words, thoughts that I have, but you know, like all these guys on the internet, it's a big suck fest. It's why I kind of got, you know, like nobody knows who the fuck I am outside of San Diego and they're not going to, I don't wrestle outside of San Diego. I have my spot here. I got it every Saturday, you know, like I, I'll take a couple bookings here and there. But why I'm doing I'm doing just fine out here, right. you know, and it's like because any wrestling in some forms has become this giant suck fest of, oh, everything's good, good, brother, brother. You know, uh, uh, you know, like I think I think whatever the popular Internet thought process is, and it's just like that's just that's not real. That's not who it is, you know, and we, as we've seen in indie wrestling, especially. And even in the you know the big leagues, hey man, some of those guys who are out there touting that shit the most are the ones the most guilty of whatever they're touting the most. Yeah. You know, look at Joey Ryan, you know, yeah. who's creeping on and hanging out in women's locker rooms all the yep. time. You know, and it's like this shit's weird. Oh okay, oh 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 yeah, that guy's a fucking piece of shit. You know, <laughs> uh, you know, and, and like yeah. that's when I. It's it's you know the fake shit the fake world that you live in in Hollywood too you know like there's just, there's just this fake world and like I've always surrounded myself with people that I like to be around that I enjoy their company and I enjoy the way that they view what we do yeah yeah I stand by that for sure speaking of Hollywood uh, I'd be remiss if I I didn't get to the legend of yeah. Dirty Ron. McDonald, where do we stand on that? What's the Where do we stand? And then for the people uh, that are watching live tonight or that will see it on YouTube, uh, give us a little synopsis. So um, I'm always looking at what's next, right? And uh, you know, I'm 38 years old. I'm still in great health, but I'm like, all right, you know, um, what's next? Like, where? What could Dirty Ron do? Because Dirty Ron was supposed to be alive and dead in six months. It was supposed to be a stupid character that I did, but it caught on with people. People like so it. I bought a load of I bought a load of a hundred T-shirts and I sold out in like two and a half weeks. So I was like, "Fuck, man! All right, tight, um, Dirty Ron, it is." And you know, I was just like, "Well, what else could Dirty Ron do?" And you know, I, Dirty Ron always had this backstory of I was the son of Ronald McDonald, basically, and. I got fired for having sex and doing drugs at the store because all he could have me do was all he could have me do was be a mascot. And finally my manager gets to fire me and I beat the shit out of my manager and I find a flyer that says, Oh shit, you want to look for pro wrestlers? So I, I wrote this film and then I brought on a, a guy as I guess in some sense, a co-writer and the director, um, which is the holdup on why we're not finished yet 
we just we kind of budgeted it for release on like the way that independent wrestling is released you know yeah. and there's a certain film quality with what you see on fight tv versus what you see on netflix yeah and as we found out really quickly our idea of being able to shoot it like fight tv worthy versus how we should shoot a movie you know it started to get really costly and i was on funding the whole thing so i basically dumped my entire life savings into it and uh went broke <laughs> had to live in the, the warehouse the ob wrestle house for a couple months um and you know like shit got a little tough there for a minute but we bounced back pretty quickly and um you know uh it's half done i have all the footage left you know and you know i'm not i'm not totally sure what i'm gonna do with it you know i've been approached by a couple people that are interested in working on it with me but you know i'm a lot more cautious now on who i'm gonna let basically control what happens with it because you know I wrote the story. I wrote all the characters, you know, like this guy directed it and kind of, we went way over budget fucking, you know, and I misjudged a lot of the timing. I don't want to put like blame on, you know, the guy, but like, it just, it sucked that we didn't get out of it. We we thought we were going to. And I think that was just a lot of inexperience. And, you know, I don't think, I don't think either one of us really knew what we were getting into. So, you know, we started adding people onto the cast or the, the crew that did um, Rob Van Dam was on the cast, yeah. Victoria, Effie, um, Mecca Wolf, Matt Seidel, you know, a ton, ton of wrestlers, uh, Miranda Alizé is in it, you know, and we got a lot of, uh, you know, like 20 professional wrestlers, Katie Forbes in it too. We got a lot, of, a lot of pro wrestlers in it. So, you know, it was a learning curve, you know, like it was a learning experience and I know that something's going to be done with it. But, um, you know, I think a lot of it rode on my shoulders and, um, I don't think I was ready for that. Um, and yeah, you live and you learn, <laughs> you live and you learn it'll happen. We'll get it. You, you got the footage. Uh, can people support, is there anywhere? Can people support it at all? If they want, we did a GoFundMe for like a month and a half, which was the most okay. strenuous part of my entire life. I, I was bet. doing like three, four podcasts a day. Like, I was just getting on any and everybody's podcast. You know, I don't care if there's five or 50,000 people listening. Brian Alvarez had me on, you know, the Wrestling Observer a couple yeah. times. Um, and, you know, we didn't get, you know, we only got about 10% of our goal. So, you know, it's uh, doing movies, if it was easy, everybody would do yeah, it, you know. Sure. But um, it was really cool to work with Rob Van Dam. He was the first name that i really drew and then after that it was just all easy to oh hey this person this person this person this person it's like oh rob's doing it tight cool i'm in you know yeah something to happen because it seems like a great synopsis and ronald mcdonald's son fired sex it's like a rocky movie almost it's exactly what like you know we took a lot of the elements of rocky because you know, like, like basically what happens in the movie is that when I kick my manager's ass, Rob Van Dam, who's, you know, a, he's a dumpster diving former WWE, or former, like, world champion. <laughs> yeah. That's in the story, right? He's like, hey, I can help you out, kid. You know, and then, like, <laughs> like teaches me how to wrestle and, like, fucking, you know, this hungry promoter lady is like, oh, I'm going to put you in there with the world champion because he needs somebody to embarrass. Yep, yeah. You're the bur- you're the Burger Kid, so like, yeah, put me in there. And, you know, story tells itself, but uh, it'll it'll get out. You know, something something about it to get out there. See, you know, one thing when when the Indiegogo didn't happen is um, I talked to Rob, and he said to me, he said, you know, sometimes I've been trying to force things in my life, and it just didn't work out. You know. And then he said one of the most hippy-dippy bullshit lines I've ever heard in my life. He said, he goes, when the universe is ready, it'll happen. And, like, swear to God, when he said it, I was like, this motherfucking Reiki thinking, you know, hippy-dippy yoga bullshit. Like, what the fuck? And then I thought about it for, like, five minutes. I thought about it for a lot longer than that. I still think about it every, every day, actually, because he was right. 
He's like, when the universe is ready, your shit will happen. You know, you can't force things to happen. All you can do in life is make a plan, reshuffle when you need to, yeah. and then keep going with your plan. See, it's not over until you give up. You know, that's why you know we're going to see something with this movie. I know that, too. I you know, know, like, it. you know, like, what am I going to do against Nick Gage on Saturday? Who knows? What am I going to do tomorrow in L.A. when Game Changer Wrestling's in L.A. on Fight TV, on pay-per-view? Who knows? But I'm telling you what, the war paint is coming with me when I drive right up to the five to the Ukrainian Cultural Center in Los Angeles tomorrow. Because Dirty Ryan's got something to say. Now, wait a minute. So, your, your, your show with GCW and Nick Gage is Saturday, but you just said something about Friday with GCW. They have a show Friday in LA. Interesting. Will Dirty Ron be at that show? Well, I be at that show. They better hope that I don't find a live microphone because they're gonna owe me some fucking royalties for because because the rate jump when Dirty Ron steps on a hot mic in front of however many hundred people they sold tickets to up there in LA. Well, let me tell you this, right? Game Changer Wrestling is in is in for some shit that they had no idea. Because when they come down here on San Diego, we're gonna be ready. We're, who knows? We might be we might be amongst those in the crowd Ooh. on Friday night. We might be amongst those hanging out outside the building on Friday night, scouting what we got to go on Saturday night. Who knows? I might have to sneak my way right into that building, grab a mic out of a ring announcer's hand, and threaten him with his life. Ooh. To tell the people on Fight TV, tell people all over the world what's going to happen this Saturday night. And you know what's going to happen this Saturday night? They're coming into our town. They're coming into our backyard. So they better have some shit up their sleeves. Shit, they better have 13 sleeves and, and trips up all those motherfuckers because we're throwing psh, psh, nothing but aces at these motherfuckers. We got Brandon Gasson. We got Doomfly. We got Honest John, your boy Dirty Ron right here. Motros, the, the Fist Combat Heavyweight Champion. Vainum, Hellman Rosecrown, Cameron Gates. These are just some of the few wrestlers representing Fist Combat against some of the best that they got. Nick Cage, Effie, the Second Gear Crew, Mance Warner, and Matt Justice. They got A.J. Gray. They got Jordan Oliver coming down here. They got Atticus Coger coming down here. They got got all the top guns coming out of this motherfucker. But I tell you what, we are going to be bringing the fire and bringing the thunder Unlike anything that they've ever seen, they better be ready. I've been telling them, I've been telling them for weeks now, guys. Get ready, get ready, because Dirty Ron does not come to fuck around. Well, I'll tell you what, Dirty Ron, I couldn't have said that better myself. September eighteenth, GCW versus Fist Combat. Fuck, man, I'm pumped. Uh, we're what do we do at the end of every show? And you've done a phenomenal job tonight with it, anyways. But I'm gonna give you the mic, and I'm gonna give you a hot mic. I'm going to let you say whatever you want. You can plug anything you want. You can bury anyone you want. You can put over anybody you want. I don't care, Dirty Ron. The floor is yours. I've heard rumblings of Joey Ryan trying to make his way back to professional wrestling. And (laughs) uh, it makes me sick to my stomach. And I I called. I I had something to say to him at the end of my boxing match. um, Because comedian Adam Hunter... Also, uh, also does MMA Roasted, one of the most popular MMA podcasts out there. Adam Hunter. Um, at Adam Comedian, by the way. Adam's asked me, said, are you done boxing? Do you have anybody to call out? You know, and I could have called out Jake or Logan Paul. I could have called out some former U- washed-up UFC fighter. I could have called out some fucking SoundCloud rapper. But you know who I called out? I called out. I, I called this out because it's personal to me. I called out Joey Ryan, and I said this. Joey... I'll, I'll, I'll offer you, what do we got to get? $20,000 on the table? Joey, I want to get you in a fucking boxing ring. I want to knock the shit out of you because not only did you creep on my wife, I, I know the women that you crept on, and, and that's just something that we don't need in wrestling. So, you know, like, calling out to Joey Ryan or any, any of those people that make wrestling an uncomfortable place from the inside, you know, I just, that shit, that shit churns my stomach. It, it makes me sick to my stomach to think that somebody like that would even be allowed back into professional wrestling. So, you know, you know, if you want something to be said, 
You know, like I think in, in, in professional wrestling, it can, you know, people can get the wrong idea. A lot of, a lot of testosterone's flowing, you know, um, you know, a, a lot of people's girlfriends are in there. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm -hmm. like, and you just got to understand it's got to be a safe place for, it's got to be a safe place for everybody. You know, uh, we don't stand for that shit here at Fist Combat. I don't think anybody should. Um, and you know, we, we gotta, we, sometimes you, you pretty much gotta look at convictions and other times you gotta look at accusations, you know, and, and somebody like Joey Ryan, I think, um, deserves what's coming to him. So if that guy shows up into a locker room anywhere, um, uh, I'll fly myself out there, walk in the locker room, beat the shit out of him myself. So, you know, Joey Ryan, don't ever come back to pro wrestling, please. Just stay, stay at your fucking favorite taco shop in LA. All right. We don't need you. We don't need you. And we don't need people like you, Joey Ryan. So please fuck off forever. Thank you very much. Please go die. Excellent. I didn't totally mean that last part, but you can fuck <laughs> off forever. Excellent. Yeah, we don't mean the last part, but fuck off, Joey Ryan. Dirty Ron, you've been a pleasure to have on tonight. You're welcome back anytime. And go fuck GCW up. Fuck them up. Dog, I'm gonna fuck them up so hard. They're not even gonna know. I'm gonna I'm I'm fuck them up so hard. Jenna Jameson's gonna be like, I ain't never been fucked that hard. Like, I'm gonna I'm fuck them so hard. The grandmas are gonna feel it. Okay, dead or alive. I don't care if it's six feet under, the grandmas are gonna feel that shit. Because Dirty Ron and Fist Combat, we bring it every fucking time. It's the wildest show that you've ever seen in your life. And it's every Saturday in Ocean Beach, San Diego, California. America's finest city. It's the only place you can find Dirty Ron. America's finest city. Spectacular. Dirty Ron, have yourself a wonderful night. Tell the wife we said thank you as well for giving us your time. Tell the dogs we said thank you. Whoever's dog that is. Have a great night. I mean, I think it's my, I think it's my neighbor's dog. <laughs> have a good night. All right, man. Take it easy. Peace. Awesome. Great stuff. Great fucking stuff. I got to get, I got to get back. I don't even think I can get back to the, the main screen. I got to, I got, I'd switch something.